Welcome uh, to episode uh, 224 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It is um, it's Saturday, people. It is the weekend, um, Saturday, the 26th of June, uh, 2000, 2021. Um, I hope you're doing well out there. Um, enjoying the start of your weekend. I say the start of my weekend because this is an early one. And the start of your weekend as well, depending on what time zone you are listening in. Obviously, um, I'm feeling a bit, oh god, I feel a bit bloated right now. I I had one of those things where I thought oh, I'll have a, I'll just have a chocolate biscuit before I uh, start the podcast. Have a um, cup of tea, which I have in hand at the moment, which I will now take a slurp of, and um, uh, uh, I thought I'd have one chocolate biscuit. It's never enough, is it? I've just hammered the whole packet. And to be honest with you, I feel a bit sweaty right now. <laughs> ah, dear. It's like for some reason my body was craving chocolate and now it's overloaded on it. Um, is that a thing? That's what people say, isn't it? Hey, man, you have too much sugar. You're going to crash. I, I've never experienced that in my life. Uh, maybe this is the first time. This could be it. This could be my... The start of me experiencing sugar crushes or sugar rushes. Um, but uh, I certainly wolf them down. Anyway, something to be proud of, isn't it? We've all got to have ambition in life. And if my only ambition at the moment is to hammer a packet of chocolate biscuits when I only intend to have one, um, then uh, then that's the start, isn't it? That shows some sort of spirit... <laughs> Spirit is still left inside me. Um, it's been quite a productive week this week. My um, uh, return to stand-up, return to stand-up, um, is um, coasting along. Uh, coasting along, is that right? Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of gigs this week. Basically, I'm doing a soft start to it all. I'm just, after so long, like... Um, without um doing a gig because of uh, the lockdown situation and all theaters being closed and all pubs and clubs being closed um uh i hadn't have gigged for about six eight months something like that so uh let's have a bit more tea hang on so um uh i'm just getting back into it really um with a bit of a soft start um but uh just you know just trying to get back into feeling comfortable on stage again. Although you've got all that experience behind you, um, it is still a bit... Uh, because I've decided to scrap all my old material and start afresh, I'm basically starting afresh with new stuff. So in a way, it's almost like starting stand-up again because you haven't got anything... I'm, I'm not giving myself old material to fall back on uh, unless... Um, uh, so at the minute, I'm just doing um uh new material nights and things like that just to try and get this uh material up to speed a bit um i had one wednesday night um at ncf comedy which is a really nice night it's a two pound uh well it used to be a pound used to be a pound to get in now oh jesus i can taste that fucking uh them chocolate biscuits man uh uh, anyway, it used to be it used to be like uh, a pound to get in. Now it's two pound. I don't know why that is. 
whether it's coronavirus related. I have no idea. Um, but, um, yeah, it used to be uh, a pound, two pounds to get in now. And people just go. It usually gets quite busy. Um, a young student e town in Nottingham. Um, so uh, you get a, like that young student e sort of crowd, which, to be honest, everybody seems to complain about. Uh, oh, the youth of today, you can't say anything in front of them without them fucking painting a banner, man. Um, I th- in my experience, it hasn't been the case. Um, if someone's going to get offended by stuff, they're going to get offended by stuff, whether whatever age they are. I have offended. I am an equal opportunities offender. Um, <laughs> with regards to uh, age groups, I have offended uh, old people uh, for saying the word fuck, and you know, other people for you know, just mentioning something. Not even in a not even in a punchline in a setup. I think someone went mental at me once about something. Um, I seem to block those out, but that's it's quite a nice gig. But it gives quite a broad, you know, it's because there's a lot of you know there's older people who go to that gig as well. But because it's got quite a broad spectrum of um, uh, uh, younger people in their age uh, and ages as well, there's there's a few older people who go in there as well, middle aged people who go in there as well. Um, for a cheap comedy night, I think they get about six, six, seven acts, something like that, and it's just nice to pop down, do ten minutes, and um, see if you can get away with it. Uh, what you're doing, uh, you can just go on with sort of like vague ideas and just talk around the subject, which is quite nice. And they're always quite supportive down there. Um, Helen is anyway, who runs it, and um, it's uh, yeah, you get a broad spectrum of sort of like gender-wise and uh, race-wise down there as well. So um, it gives you a good idea of whether your stuff's on par or not. Um, Thursday night, I was um, near Sutton Coalfield. Um, uh, I forget the name of the place now, um, but it was called, it was a night called Comedy at the Vineyard. Um, which um, is basically um, a very English phenomenon, phenomenon, uh, phenomenon, uh, phenomenon. Which uh, not the comedy night itself. Uh, it's I don't I don't even know if it's a vineyard. I know it's a um, um, it's a, an English phenomenon, which is the the farm shop. I I don't know if other countries have this, where you have um, you know they they'll sell fucking pots of chutney um various types of mustard in a pot with a fucking elastic band around the top and the the material over the top of the pot and that costs you about a fiver <laughs> everything in a farm shop i swear to god um farm shops are on a par with motorway services with the amount of money they hike their prices up by um Everybody tries to make it look as if their product has been made in, you know, a small sweet shop somewhere. Whether that be chutney or mustard or, you know, pickled onions with shit in. Everything looks homemade in a farm fucking shop, doesn't it? And you know there's some sort of, like, big pickled onion baron behind it all who's just found a way how to, you know... Everything's meant to come, you know, like... 
all the beer and that sort of thing they sell in there, or wine. Ah, this was made just down the road by Gerald, and Gerald's like an old guy with one eye and a fucking leg missing. He, he eats the grapes himself. He lets them ferment in his stomach, and then he pisses out the wine in a bottle. Oh, really? Yeah, that'll be £30 for that bottle of wine. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. He writes the label in his own shit. That's what he does. Um, £30, produced locally. All these things. That's what we've got to do these days. That's what we're encouraged to do, isn't it? Buy local. That's what you've got to do. Buy local. Isn't it? Support these fucking shitty little shops that charge the, you the earth for something that you could buy off Amazon for about 90% cheaper and get it delivered to your doorstep. There's a reason why those shops aren't the size of Amazon. And also, saying about this, at one point, Amazon was that shop. Amazon was that shop, wasn't it, where he was running it out of his fucking garage? Because the only thing that's going to happen is everybody starts buying local. Then they start franchising those shops. They're all over the world then. Then they start driving down worker rights. And the next minute, they're exactly the same size as Amazon. I say don't shop local. Let them know where they stand. Just keep them to (laughs) keep them, keep them small. So they don't grow into the size of a multinational corporation like Amazon and uh, affect the wages and standards of living of people worldwide and working conditions of those people as well. Just every now and again, pop in a local shop, but don't get too carried away because you know those people behind who are running those stores. They're not just going to be happy with one shop, aren't they? Oh, I just want to run this one shop and that. No, it's not. You want the big fucking mansion. That's why you're running a business, isn't it? Nobody starts running a business to just survive. Everybody wants to fucking, you know, take over the world, don't they? That's my opinion anyway. Hey, man, did you hear Ben Briggs saying about not shopping local? Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Cut them off now. Cut the head off the snake now. Before it's too late and the next minute that's the only place you've got to shop, isn't it? The next minute you see sort of like fucking old Mars sweet shop on every fucking corner of a street. And somebody said, and there's a, all they've got is like the picture of her outside, like looking like Colonel fucking Sanders. (laughs) She's living in a fucking mansion. Trying to drive down wages and working conditions. What do you mean we have to pay them for their breaks? Why do we have to pay you for your break? You're on a break. That's how it starts, people, innit? That's how it starts. Talking to people um, who uh, have run successful uh, businesses, John McAfee, this is the... um, um, the guy who run the, uh, runs the uh, McAfee software or came up with the McAfee uh, fucking, what is it? Like the, um, it's uh, safety software, isn't it? Is that? <laughs> That's not it, is it? Antivirus. The irony of that, John McAfee dying 
during a pandemic, and he came up with antivirus software. Hey, that's not lost. Uh, John McAfee uh, um, uh, has uh, topped himself in prison. Um, he uh, he went a bit mental, I think, didn't he? And um, the the uh, the interesting thing about this is. Um, on a regular basis, I always get spam email uh, claiming to be from McAfee uh, Antivirus. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if that will continue. Whether the spammers will continue sending that out now he's topped himself. Um, but he um, he killed himself in um, McAfee branded himself a parasite and claimed his future does not exist in his apparent suicide note. Oh, that's uh, uh, about the suicide of it uh the suicide note that's come out um uh it comes uh, let's have a look yeah i think he said something like uh he sent a text or something from prison i think it was in prison in spain and then got extradited to the us and um two days couple of days with him being in the us he fucking mysteriously tops himself after sending a text saying, I am not going to kill myself. If this happens, it is murder. Um, interesting, uh, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Um, how did he do it? How did McAfee commit suicide? Let's have a look. Hanging. Uh, they all do that, don't they? Oh, he was actually in a Barcelona prison. Uh, autopsy shows John McAfee died by suicide in a Spanish prison cell. I thought he got extradited to the US, or was he... Uh, was he... Was he not um, extradited at that point? Uh, this is a this is a, a a big one for conspiracy theorists. I think he went a bit mental. There was something like he was living on an island somewhere, and he pulled a gun on somebody or something like that. I don't know. Is that a is that documentary I've seen? It seems to ring a bell. Uh, prison wardens found the body of software mogul McAfee hanging in his cell on Wednesday in what appeared to be a suicide. His lawyers Javier Villabella said last week. He said on Friday that McAfee's widow, Janice, asked him to request a second independent autopsy once the results of the first were released. Janice McAfee has said she does not believe her husband was suicidal and has blamed you the authorities for his death. Here we go. Uh, it's never going to come out, though. This is the thing, isn't it? It's like the, this is um, the um, Epstein sort of like um, thing, isn't it? When nobody's going to hold their hands up and go, all right, yeah, we murdered him because he uh, knew too much shit about powerful people. Uh, British-born McAfee, who launched the world's first commercial antivirus software in 1987, was detained last October at Barcelona Airport. He had lived for years on the run from US authorities, some of that time abroad, aboard a mega yacht. Um... He was in the, indicted in the U.S. state of Tennessee on tax evasion charges and was charged in a cryptocurrency fraud case in New York. Um, oh, right, okay. So um, he was basically wanted for fraud. They wanted, you know, 
They're not going to, uh, the old Americans ain't going to give up on fraud, as Al Capone well knows. They usually, don't they usually get people on fraud because they can get them on that and stick them in prison for a quite a long time when they haven't got specific evidence about other stuff? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, he's another high-profile person who mysteriously kills himself in a Spanish prison as well. I imagine that's not nice. Any of those countries like that, there's always, you know, prison in the US seems, you know, I've watched enough of those documentaries on fucking Netflix about, like, prisoner, you know, where normal people go into prison, get bullied and shit like that, don't they? Even with all the cameras around them, they have to give up their fucking chocolates and shit like that. They can smell it a fucking mile off in prison, can't they? If you're, um, you know, if, 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 I remember watching one of those things and some guy got punched in the face and he got his fucking, you know, chocolate stolen off him. You just see the predators come round. It's like watching an Attenborough documentary where there's an animal injured and you just see the fucking hyenas just start to circulate and the fucking vultures just flying overhead because they know what's going to happen. You're going to give it that life up, aren't you? Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You need to walk straight in there, slam somebody's head through a fucking window. Anyone else? Anyone else? That's it. <laughs> I'd talk a good game anyway. I'd talk a good game. Um, so, yeah, there is um, there is controversy about this. The suicide note has, um, has come out. Um, let's have a look. He... Uh, He called Brandon himself a parasite and claimed his future does not exist. I am a phantom parasite, it says there, uh, to attain my own ends instead of fully living it. I want to count to my future, which does... Oh, oh, what? I don't know. Jesus, there's a lot of crossing out on there. Um... What do they do? Just give him one piece of paper and a fucking pen? I'm not sure that's... I don't know, man. That is the, wor- the, the worst written suicide note. You'd at least try and... That's your last thing you're ever going to write. It kind of makes it look as though he's written it in a hurry. <laughs> then it... Ah, as the guy comes in with a rope and he's just tying the fucking noose and slinging it up over the top, it looked like it was hurriedly scribbled down as he was looking at his fucking attacker. Um, you'd at least ask for another bit. Any chance for another bit of paper, please? Because this suicide note, I've made, a, I've done a lot of crossings out on here. Um, I just wanted to. It's kind of like the last thing I'm ever going to write, and I just wanted to get it right. Is that okay? Or any tipex or <laughs> tipex or anything like that. I mean, it, it's not too much to ask for a laptop, is it? Um, Jesus, yeah. Um, for somebody who was a multi-billionaire or whatever, that is atrocious, atrocious writing. Um, there's capitals and fucking lowercase letters, um, crossings out. He's not signed it by the looks of it at the bottom. Uh, yeah, the scan of the note, which was filled with scribbles and written in capitals, was less than one page long. 
Isn't you, You'd have thought it'd have a little bit more to say than that. Casting doubt on its legitimacy. Janice, his wife, wrote, Here is the alleged suicide note found in John's pocket. This note does not sound anything like someone who has no hope and is contemplating ending their life. This note sounds like one of John's tweets. Um, <laughs> fuck. Have they cut off his internet or something? And he was just hoping that... The, just uh, hoping a pigeon would fly by and he could attach it to it. As, as I really miss tweeting. I really miss Twitter in prison, so I'm literally going to tie this to a leg of a bird. <laughs> I hope it gets out there. Fucking hell. There's always something dodgy about this, though, innit? Always something dodgy, you know. And I know, like, everybody says that. But it just seems it seems too convenient a little bit, doesn't it? He knew a lot of high-profile people probably had, you know. Is there going to be somebody high-profile who has done something bad who doesn't kill themselves in prison? It seems to be... I'm not saying it's a fashion, but everybody, uh, you know... The next minute it'll be someone like Bill Gates will get a parking ticket and then fucking kill himself. Um, I doubt that. I doubt that. Um, talking of legal um, legal disputes, um, Britney Spears is in the news. Didn't she go mental? Did she go mental? Hey, Ben, that's gaslighting. You can't say that. You can't say that. That's gaslighting. She shaved her head and started attacking people with an umbrella. I think we've got a... <laughs> I think we've got, you know, that picture of her with the umbrella. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Calm down, Brittany, baby. After she'd shaved her head and then just went mental with it. You can't, you realise it's bad luck if you open that inside. Um, Britney Spears speaks out against her abusive conservatorship. Um... Uh, in court, US pop star Britney Spears has launched a blistering attack on the um, abusive conservatorship. The conservatorship is, um, um, it's like, isn't it like, uh, like a family get control of all her assets and stuff like that, isn't it? Uh, that was contr- that has controlled her life for thirteen years. She said she was traumatized and cried every day. Tell it well, telling the judge in Los Angeles. I just want my life back. I just want my life. I want I want my motherfucking Spears 39. Jesus, is she? Also said she had been denied the right to have more children and was put on the psychiatric drug, uh, drug lithium against her wishes. Lithium, what's that do? Her father was granted control over her affairs by a court order in 2008. I bet he's fucking loving that. The order was granted after the star was put in hospital amid concerns over her mental health, and it has been extended for more than a decade since. Yeah, it just seems, again, a little bit too convenient that, um, you know, oh, she's gone mental. Don't worry, I'll look after her assets. 13 years later, and she's still being controlled by it. You know, ah, well, you know, she went a bit strange that day, so we'll, uh, we'll keep hold of her money. There's always something like that, isn't it? Always seems to be any sort of like child star. Seems to fucking... Didn't Macaulay Culkin take his own parents to court? 
and the Jacksons and all of that. Any sort of like child star seems to be, there seems to be a thing about pushy parents and fucking wanting to retain their money. Um, the special hearing on Wednesday was that the first time was the first time Spears was spoken in open court about a case. Um, conservatorship. Let's let's see what that conservatorship. Here we go. Conservatory furniture. Don't want that, do we? Conservatorship is granted by court for individuals who are unable to make their own decisions. Holy fucking shit! They've basically said she's completely mental. Can't make her own decisions. We'll look after her money for the next 13 years. Don't you go fucking anyone now because you're not any babies. Uh, like those with dementia or other mental illnesses. Jesus. Spears' conservatorship is split into two parts. One is for her state and financial affairs. The other is for her as a person. Jesus. Um, so I, it kind of seems like... It depends, though, doesn't it? How fucking that's what it depends. How fucking fucked up she went, you know what I mean? If it's to stop her, sort of like you know, blowing all her money and her future and stuff like that. But I bet her dad <laughs> next day turns up in a new fucking Ferrari. We got your uh, conservative ship sorted out, sweetheart. I'm just off uh, to the Bahamas for eight months on an all inclusive. See you later, sweetheart. Uh, conservatorship granted by court. Uh, Spears conservatorship. Oh uh, yeah, Jamie Spears was initially in charge of both parts of the conservatorship, but stepped down as his daughter's personal conservator in 2019 because of health reasons. Couldn't deal with it. Jodie Montgomery, a care professional, replaced him on temporary basis, but Britney Spears has requested that this be made uh, that this be made permanent. All right, so somebody else took over. Uh, yeah, when she behaved, started behaving erratically in 2007 after a divorce from Kevin Federline was finalised, she lost custody of her two children. Um, yeah, when was the... Uh, let's have a look at these key dates it's got here. Um, yeah, February 2007, Spears is hounded by the press... I mean, like, she's she's the typical sort of, like, teen sort of, like, star. They always seem to do something, don't they? You know what I mean? They always, they, they always seem to follow the same sort of, like, track. Um, they'll come out. They're sort of, like, as sweet and innocent and everything, you know. And then they just go fucking mental, don't they? Miley Cyrus has kind of done the same sort of thing as well, hasn't she? She come out as in, I'm the nation's sweetheart, baby. And the next minute she's got fucking nipple tassels on. <laughs> Twerking in front of fucking DJs and shit on stage. Isn't it? Because they, because, you know, for one or one not, for a worse way of putting things, sex sells, doesn't it? You know, when she was like, um, Hannah Montana or whatever. Yeah, that's great for the teeny poppy girls and stuff like that. But those girls grow up, then, you know, you can't have a 20-year-old fucking doing the Hannah Montana. Oh, I haven't even kissed a boy yet. But they seem to go from, oh, my God, 
you know, the Christian sort of like, oh, no, I'm, I, I don't really have a boyfriend or anything like that to some sort of fucking sexual predator. There seems to be, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any fucking stopgap in, in between that. It seems to be virginal girl to, you know, fucking Madonna in with no steps in between. Oh, my God, have you seen Miley Cyrus? She's come out and she's wearing fucking all PVC for two years after wearing, after starring in Hannah Montana. Uh, I don't know. That can't be good, can it? And you realise they're chasing that image because now, you know, they're playing up to that, you know, hey, I'm a strong, independent woman. Yeah, but I'm going to fucking wear the tightest, most Figure hug, hugging shit so guys will buy my records as well. <laughs> so teenage boys can whack off to me. Um, I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it does, it does seem to, that they all seem to follow that thing. Um, maybe that's just the way the industry works. Is it maybe that says more about the music industry? Because they all just seem like carbon copies of each other, don't they? You know, you can tell a fucking Madonna song, but anything between Britney Spears, fucking Miley Cyrus, or Ariana Grande, is it? I don't know. Any of those people... They just seem to be interchangeable. You couldn't say that is definitely a fucking, you know, if you heard a song for the first time or something like that, you wouldn't definitely say, well, that's, you know, one of them. And he, anybody could do one of those songs, couldn't they? They're just like, you know, puckered out there, you know, pushed out into the fucking, onto the stage in varying degrees of, like, uh, reveal, revealing outfits and to sing, you know, whatever song somebody's told them to sing, of course they're going to go a bit fucking mental. You throw loads of money at them, you're constantly telling them to fucking change, um, change who they are, because Madonna did that, and it worked for Madonna. This is your bad girl stage, man. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's all a marketing ploy. That they got wrong. <laughs> this is your bad girl stage. We're going to shave your fucking head, amp you up on fucking drugs, and put an umbrella in around and see what happens. <laughs> oh, dear. But we're going to control all your money, baby. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Man. So, yeah, it's interesting how, you know, um, even somebody who's that like famous and well-known hasn't really got any more freedom uh, than any normal person in their life. They have less control over their life than somebody working in fucking Tesco's or in a supermarket or, you know, like not that Tesco's isn't a supermarket, but um, it's interesting, isn't it? When like kids look up to her and that sort of thing and those kids have got probably got more freedom in their life <laughs> than what she fucking has. It's interesting. Uh, anyway, 
That is episode 224 of the Ben Briggs podcast. Uh, if you want to contact me at all, it is just uh, podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. I will be back on Tuesday, motherfuckers. Have a great rest of your weekend. I know I will. Um, uh, have, <laughs> have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, that's it. All right. Take care. Speak to you on Tuesday.